From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, The Overcomer. The text is Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. No man may turn his back in the day of battle or refuse to go to the holy war. We must fight if we would reign, and we must carry on the warfare till we overcome every enemy or else this promise is not for us, since it is only for him that overcometh. We are to overcome the false prophets who have come into the world, and all the evils which accompany their teaching. We are to overcome our own faintness of hearts and tendency to decline from our first love. Read the whole of the Spirit's word to the church at Ephesus. If by grace we win the day as we shall if we truly follow our conquering leader, then we shall be admitted to the very center of the paradise of God and shall be permitted to pass by the cherub and his flaming sword and come to that guarded tree whereof if a man eat, he shall live forever. We shall thus escape that endless death which is the doom of sin and gain that everlasting life which is the seal of innocence the outgrowth of the immortal principles of godlike holiness. Come, my heart, pluck up courage. To flee the conflict will be to lose the joys of the new and better Eden. To fight unto victory is to walk with God in paradise.
In the 18th chapter of Luke's Gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ presented a parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. If ever there was a time when believers in the Lord Jesus Christ needed to pray, surely it is now. The moral condition of our land, the apparent powerlessness of our churches, cry out for God's people to seek the Lord earnestly for revival. To encourage true Christians in the urgent need to pray, let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer, free of charge, copies of a powerful message by Jonathan Edwards, one of the greatest Christian leaders and thinkers this country has ever produced. The title is typical of Edwards' time, a humble attempt to promote explicit agreement and visible union of God's people in extraordinary prayer for the revival of religion and advancement of Christ's kingdom on earth. Don't let the title put you off. This is a message for this hour. In a 20-page booklet form, Edwards' sermon calls upon believers to unite in earnest prayer for God to come in reviving power upon His church. The great revivals of history have always come as the result of fervent prayer, sometimes on the part of just a few Christians who were burdened to seek God for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and revival power. That power is still available for those who will seriously seek it. To obtain your free copy of this message, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you wish, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may write to Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615, and ask for Edwards on Prayer. The address again is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Ask for the message, Edwards on Prayer, and we'll be happy to send you a free copy.
On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue his series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. In John 15:26 and 16:14, the Lord Jesus Christ explained to his disciples that the chief function of the Holy Spirit is to testify of Christ. In John 16, verses 8 through 11, the Lord Jesus declared the Spirit's work in convicting the ungodly of their sin. His work in believers is to show them Christ and what they have in Him. As he continues this message called The Revealer of Christ, Dr. Cairns details the various works of the Spirit in the lives of believers. Now with today's message, here is Dr. Cairns. Oh, you go through Old Testament history and you'll find that it speaks of Christ. Same is true of its prophecy, of its typology, of the whole economy of the Old Testament. It speaks of Christ. Now, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In all that he wrote, he was exalting Jesus Christ. He did the same in the New Testament. I could leave this out, you know, because I've done enough to prove my point from the Old Testament. But not for all the tea in China would I leave it out this morning. You see, there are some what Lester Roloff would have called smart alecks. And they, they get a little bit of education and they know more than God Almighty. There are some of them running around. And they are forever going through these Gospels, especially the first three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. And they're trying to prove that there's a lot of mythology in there. And John's Gospel, all the statements that Jesus makes, for the most part anyway, they are purely mythological. And then all that Paul has to say about the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the Pharisee who came along and he lifted the humble man of Galilee and he made him a god. He clothed this ordinary man, a good man, and he made him a god. And he developed around him a whole corpus of doctrine. And so, this school, it's the school of a man called Boatman, sets out to demythologize the New Testament. And they want to get back to the historical Jesus. Always prick up your ears when a preacher starts talking about discovering the historical Jesus. You're listening, in most cases, to a rank apostate, a child of the devil, and a denier of the Word of God. What is the historical Jesus? It's the Jesus of that Bible. That's the historical Jesus. How do I know that? The Lord Jesus says that the Holy Spirit would lead His disciples not into mythology, not to a perusal of some documents that some fool-headed theologians imagine must have existed somewhere. No, sir. He would lead them into all the truth. In other words, everything that our New Testament teaches us is truth, and everything that it teaches us about Jesus Christ is the truth. Let me tell you, my friend, all that the New Testament is doing is revealing Jesus Christ. 
That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Christ, the key to Scripture. The Holy Spirit has another work. The work of conviction in a sinner. What does he do there? How does the Holy Spirit convict a sinner? Ultimately, he only convicts a sinner by revealing Christ to that sinner. Did you ever notice that? We have read today in John chapter 16 that the Holy Spirit would convict of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Now, by the way, always quote that text correctly. Do not mix it up with Paul's sermon to Felix. He does not come to convict of sin, of righteousness, and judgment to come. Of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. How does he do that? Have a look at it. He convicts of sin. Why? Because they believe not in me. Now that's not to say that unbelief is the only sin of which the Holy Spirit will convict a sinner. That's not what it's saying. But he is saying the Holy Spirit will convict and convince men of sin. Whom does the Holy Spirit convict of sin? Over whom does the Holy Spirit suspend uh, the wrath of God for sin? Against whose sin does the Holy Spirit witness the sin of unbelievers? The truth of this text is that the Holy Spirit comes to a man and he makes him feel his sin. But he witnesses to that man that Christ is the only atonement. And if you were a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit has no condemnation of your sin. What a truth that is. The Holy Spirit does not condemn a believer. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Word of God says, Who is he that condemneth? God justifies. Christ has died. Christ has risen. There's no condemnation to a believer. The Holy Spirit is not convincing or convicting in this basic sense of bringing sin up against a man to condemn him. He's not doing that for any believer because he says Christ is the only atonement. He convinces him of righteousness. Why? Because I go unto my Father. He's saying, look, Christ is the only acceptance. The only righteousness that God will accept is the righteousness of Christ. He convinces him of judgment. And he points him back to Calvary. And he shows him the broken head of serpent. And he says, Christ is the only conqueror. And he is the judge. He who judged Satan will judge all Satan's seed. And he who broke Satan will break all Satan's seed. He is the conqueror. Whatever the Holy Spirit has to say to men ultimately brings them back to Christ. It's the same in salvation. How does he save a man? He points him to Christ. When he brings a man under conviction, he points him to Christ as the way out of conviction, the way out of bondage into liberty. When the Ethiopian eunuch was on his way pondering the scriptures, Wondering about the truth, wondering how he could uh, come to the knowledge of the great things of which the prophet was writing. What was the Holy Spirit's ministry? He took a preacher and he sent him down and he preached unto him Jesus. When Cornelius was feeling his need of salvation and God said, send for Peter and he will show you or tell you things whereby you will be saved. 
What was the Spirit's ministry? He told Peter, go and preach. And he gave him what to preach. And what was he preaching? To him give all the prophets witness. And he's preaching salvation through the name of Christ. And just like that, the Holy Spirit comes down and saves Cornelius. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, when he saves a man, always leads him to Christ. My friend, let me tell you this. If you're in this meeting this morning, and you're persuading yourself you're saved, and if your hope of salvation is that you're a Lutheran or a Baptist or a Presbyterian or whatever, and your hope of salvation is, as I have been told by people, the date you joined the church and the mode by which you were baptized, I want to tell you, you are not yet a subject of the gracious saving ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never leads a man to trust a church or a sacrament or a profession or a work. He only leads him to trust in Christ. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Once you are saved, he has a work of illumination. That's one of the great neglected topics among Christians. An illuminated mind. An enlightened understanding. You know, Christians have darkened, dulled consciences. So often they can do things that you wonder, how can a Christian ever do them? And the reason for it is that their understanding is not enjoying daily the floodlight that the Holy Spirit should be turning upon them. What is that illumination? We have read it today in John chapter 16. The Holy Spirit coming to guide you into all the truth, speaking not of himself, but speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. How often have I quoted to you the words of Ephesians 1 and verse 17? If you haven't gathered, if you listen to me week by week, if you haven't gathered by now that this is a prayer that you ought to be praying constantly, I don't know how I can make it clear to you. Paul prayed for the Ephesians, the very first petition he had to ask God for this people was that he would give them the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation in or unto the knowledge. The word signifies the full knowledge, the complete knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit shows you Christ. He does the same in sanctification. How does the Holy Spirit make a man holy? Second Corinthians 3.18 will tell you how he makes him holy. In the word of God, as we look into that mirror, he shows us Christ. That's the wonderful thing about Scripture. You look into any other mirror and you see yourself. Now there is a sense that I see myself when I look into the Bible. But the unique thing about this spiritual mirror is that when I look into it, I see Christ. You look into an ordinary mirror, and what is there is reflecting what's on the outside. But here in this divine mirror, you look into it, and you see Christ, and what's on the outside is changed to look like what's on the inside, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. 
Oh, that's the wonder of the Spirit's work. That's how he makes you holy. You don't get holy just by willpower. You don't get holy just by screwing up your resolve. You don't get holy just by taking a guilt trip and saying, well, now because I did that, I've got to counterbalance it by doing that. That's not how you get holy. You don't get holy just by repression and suppression. Holiness, my friend, does involve a battle with the old man. It does involve a battle with the world. It does involve a battle with the devil. But holiness is wrought within the life when we do what the Savior says and search the Scriptures. When the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us in Scripture, and the more He shows us of Christ, the more He will conform us to the image of Christ. And that is the work of sanctification. In our tribulation, in our confrontations with the devil and the enemy of our souls, what does the Holy Spirit do? He shows us Christ. You remember Joshua? Others could sleep, but Joshua couldn't. He was on the eve of the greatest battle of his life. He was going to seek to take the oldest fortified city now known to man ever to have existed, the city of Jericho, an impregnable fortress. What could he do? As he paced around in the wee small hours, he met with Christ. Ah, there, in a nutshell, you have what God the Holy Spirit does to his people in all their tribulations. My friend, when you are going through the valley of trouble, when there are trials and when there are temptations, when you're confronted with every sort of fury that would break your mind and break your heart, you would need God, the Holy Spirit, to show you Christ. And he'll comfort you. And he'll strengthen you. And he'll encourage you. And he'll give you victory. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.
fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 